Hello and welcome to another episode in another year with the St. George's Run and Staff, the official podcast of the Church of St. George, the Martin Kailstrover, alongside the chapelries of St. Mark and St. Monica. I am Lindsay Shooters, your host on this continued exploration of faith during the time of crisis. And I'm joined as always by a rested Archdeacon Rodney Whiteman. How are you doing, sir? Good day to you, Lindsay, and good day to the audience. Um... Yeah, a new year always brings um, a new sense of self and a new sense of being and uh, a, a new uh, a seeking to look at the world through uh, a new perspective, uh, the perspective of hope and, uh, and, and you know, um, a, a new sense of what it means to be the church at this given time. Um, so, yes, in, the, in, the, in that, there's anticipation, there's expectation. Um, and there's, um, you know, uh, the bigger to get on with the job, as it were, um, in spite of all the things one reads, that are, uh, you know, in our in our news, um, a new a new uh, a new year is like a new day, mm. um, and we can only trudge through this world, through this year, one one day at a time. Um, uh, hoping that the better things happen mm. for all for all people. I heard an interesting take on the idea of eating an elephant over the holiday, um, where where it's it's like that vibe of you you eat the elephant piece by piece. Um, but this yep. person was like, no, you can't do that because then the meat will rot and you'll get ill. So you need like the scavengers and like the bugs and stuff and the microorganisms to ingest like all the parts that you can't eat. So you eat as much as you can um, and then you leave the rest to everybody else. And I think, I think that's going to be my mantra for for 2023 where it's like, you need the scavengers. You know, <laughs> you need the carrion feeders. It's like it, but but the elephant may wonder why they are the sacrifice. No, I just, um, I think the elephant just died. I don't think we killed the elephant, <laughs> <laughs> which in and of itself, I mean, is is not is not the most halal way of eating an elephant. <laughs> yes, and 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 the thing is, um, it may maybe think of some years ago. Uh, when 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 we when people were preaching about sacrifice, mm. you know the the importance of sacrifice as part of the discipline of being a Christian. Yeah, and um, and I don't even know the chicken, the chicken and the and the and the pig, who had um, been walking down the la- down the road and then happened to have a conversation because this was told out of a Latin American context. Mm-hmm. And then down the road, they saw this um, poor lady and her children and thought, you know, they could assist with a meal at least. So they got into a discussion about this and the chicken suggested, look, why don't we give them bacon and eggs? Yeah. So the pig thought about it and she said, (laughs) from your side, it will just be an offering, but from my side, it's going to be the sacrifice. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, talking about sacrificial lambs, um, the collect uh, this week is asking us to purge, or at least asking God to purge us of our easy acceptance of the ways of the world and forge us 
in the radical vision of your reign. I love the ending of that kind of line, not so much the beginning. Um, and it's obviously echoed in the first reading, which is according to the prophet Micah, chapter 6, verses 1 to 8. Listen to the Lord's case against Israel. Arise, O Lord, and present your case. Let the mountains and the hills hear what you say. You mountains, you everlasting foundations of the earth, listen to the Lord's case. The Lord has a case against his people. He's going to bring an accusation against Israel. The Lord says, my people, what have I done to you? How have I been a burden to you? Answer me. I brought you out of Egypt. I rescued you from slavery. I sent Moses, Aaron, and Miriam to lead you. My people, remember that King Balak of Moab planned to do to you and how Balaam, son of Beor, I'm butchering those names, answered him. Remember all the things that happened on the way from the camp at Akaisha to Gilgal? Wow. <laughs> Remember these things and you will realize what I did is in order to save you. So now you have this prophet. Obviously, you know my feelings about prophets. Um, this dude is just like making up stories at this point. <laughs> this is like blasphemy beyond. But it's interesting. Um, There's a, this a reading um, as we, we spoke of air and I was like, hmm, this sounds like we do this at Easter. And uh, the, the, the good reverend did inform me that it is a, re a call and response kind of thing that we do on, on Good Friday, or at least that good Christians do on Good Friday in the Anglican Church. Um, and it's an it's a interesting interchange. But again, my concerns are like the root of, of like this assumption of what the Lord wants and how this then gets passed down as, as kind of law um, later on. Yeah, I think, you know, there, there, there is, um, I think there's great leanings to prophetic ministry or prophetic, um, yeah, let me call it prophetic ministry and not just prophetic utterances. Um, the link to the person of Jesus, prophet, priest, king is sort of the title that, uh, you know, comes, comes out uh, uh, embodied in the person of Jesus. Now, why, why, you know, prophets? Mm. Um, and, and there you see in the, um, the way that God speaks, uh, bringing in how he spoke in the past, how God spoke in the past. And God spoke a message of rescue from slavery. Um, we, from from, from what, what it reads in the text, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam led the people out of uh, Egypt. How how did God rescue them? And then what what's the imperative response to rescue from from that kind of burden? So the the, the prophet. Um, you, whenever I think about the word prophet uh, in the Old Testament, I always uh, um, you always got because this happened during the apartheid times. Yeah, we were reminded of the need of prophecy against what was going on. And uh, people like this, and two to them would always be reflecting on, you know, what what the prophet said to a people in slavery. We look to these texts to understand, um, you know, God spoke then, and God did that then. Can we look forward in our time as we plead for liberation? Um, the word prophet would always be associated with "Thus says the Lord." Um, Thus, I know is um, is is an in the use like that is like a very old term. Yeah. 
Um, thus says the Lord. Now, did the message just fall from heaven? Was the message inspired in the mind and the heart of the of the persons when when they looked? Being people of of faith, being people of the law and the covenant, were they reflective of what is going on? Uh, I was looking at a clip yesterday of a, of, a, of a series that I'm watching at the moment, and this person was telling his story um, how the world works. Yeah. And then, so did this prophet look upon? Was his or her mind open to, you know, that 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 caught the attention? And in that moment, God then spoke to the heart, or they had a sense of a message that needed to be spoken, or and or, or these words. That's the tension we have, who are, who are authorized to preach in church. Yeah. You know, some preachers dare to say. God gave me every word that I'm speaking to them. Um, mm. I'm a little bit more cautious because I just don't want to blame God for anything I say that's not supposed to be said because I'm carried away in my message. Or for me, the main word is as I read prayerfully the text, Yeah. as I read and analyze what's going on, in the world that affects human life, as I look at the history of the church in in the world over time, as I con I reflect, reflect on what others have written about this in doing research, I then say, Lord, out of all of this, uh, um, what is it that that caught my attention? What is it that you draw me to? Like like the burning bush, Moses was drawn to this this thing that was not natural it was just uh you know doesn't happen in everyday life so what what are the words that i'm drawn to that begins to speak to me and the message begins to formulate mm. that i'm relating to in my discernment prayerful discernment of what what message is drawn from the, these texts in the liturgy for this week um, and so the word discernment about the message is a very important one. So discernment means I'm going to, did the prophet receive a direct message? Or was there a process in which God had spoken to him? And then out of that, he would, he would say, this is how, well, this is what God wants me to say to you. And God speaks the prophetic message in human terms. Mm. There's... A deep metaphor here, like how does mountains and hills here, yeah. in comparison to the people God covenanted with, mountains and hills, which we in human terms don't don't ref, uh, you know think are listening. Um, God created these these elements, um, and we assume humans are the ones that listen. We are the ones that often do not respond. Uh, we do not hear. We do not listen because we are on our own journey. So, so now, obviously, it would seem as if the pro prophetic message um, there is something to say. Uh, the the it, it it the something to say is that. There is a God, there is a God who liberated you, there is a God who informed certain people to lead you, 
and you've had the experience of being rescued from slavery. Yeah. So, so now what, what, why are we back in a situation where having had a covenant established with you, you're not keeping to your deal? So the question is, when the prophets heard whatever message they heard in their hearts and being drawn to reflect on what is happening amongst the people, they are then inspired to tell the story in what could be poetic rhythm. Mm. Uh, you know, that, that's a beauty. Arise, Lord, and make your case. Let the mountains and the hills. So he's asking, it would seem, in a prayerful way, um, arise, O Lord, and, and present your case. Does God have a case uh, against um, the, the, those with whom he had a covenant relationship? Yeah. Um, you know, when there was an agreement to keep the relationship, who who was the one that transgressed that relationship? So, so, so with the preacher, you know, um, what what are the words that that when I read the sticks, what is the message of it that says, ah, this is, you know, what I what I'd like us to explore in light of current times and in light of what the scriptures are telling us in this season of epiphany that could inspire us to grow deeper with God. Um, that there's the call of, 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 of good news which leads to hope if we live that, that message in our lives. Mm. So, 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 and what, 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 what was, and there's also an, a continuity, a historical continuity, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Yeah. Covenant people would have known that experience. Balak, Balaam, Beor uh, are people who, where there were issues with. And, and then the, the reflection of, um, you know, places, uh, Acacia to Gilgal. Uh, these were all things that the people can recall. Yeah. Um, you know about the journey. So, so, so again, yeah. Did every word fall from heaven into the the mind, and or did the prophet write it down, or was it an inspired message that he felt needed to be said, given the context um, and what it is? So, thus says the Lord, the Lord that made a covenant with you, the Lord that rescued you. What has happened from your side towards the one who made this, this covenant with you and and how? And of course, the prophetic message is to call the people back to God. It's, mm. it's that call of the people back to God. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a strange one. Um, and thank you very much for correcting all of my mispronunciations. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but obviously, like like we know this this, this passage very well, um, but it ends on a on a kind of radical note where it's like he's basically telling them like y'all need to stop doing the offerings things, um, and no, the Lord has told us what is good, what He requires from us is this to do what is just, to show constant love, and to live humble in. To and to live in humble fellowship with our God, which is obviously echoing, or at least Jesus echoes this in his own philosophies um, later on in the in the gospel, which is the the, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and it it's 
at the time, I mean, this was completely radical because everything was so geared to like that rhythm of ritualistic sacrifice and then like this how these things were mapped they were mapped to like the fertile times um of of like nature so like there'd be rains and then people would say we want to stop the rains and then the shaman or whoever the the priest um would be like yo do a sacrifice and then the rains will stop and then they do a sacrifice and then the rain stop and people are like oh the correlation is if i do the sacrifice the deity will be happy and then stop the thing instead of like being the other way around where, where it's like the nature just happened and in, like in spite of the sacrifice yeah it's very interesting um a lot alongside the this uh, the the writings in the old testament uh, would be what was happening in the ancient Near Eastern uh, nations mm. at the time. Um, and you do know when Israel moved into that that uh, particular area um, to the Promised Land, they had been influenced along the way. Mm. Um, so there was a kind of a leaning towards doing what the other folk did. Yeah. Uh, we, according to the prophet that's not what god wants you to do it was very interesting in this uh, series that i'm watching um, the whole issue around the eclipse mm. and there was a ritual in that uh, but the, the understanding was that the king of that particular nation um, had power to, to control the eclipse yeah um, but in order to control the eclipse, he needed the people to buy into a ritual because look, the eclipse passes very quickly. Then it's dark, then it's light. Mm. What when it was first light and the ritual and, and it was interesting that the, you know, the crown prince in that text, when he was confronted with the truth that this is just a, a, a natural phenomena that happens in the skies. Mm. And humans have got no control over uh, uh, anything a re religious phenomena about this eclipse. Uh, even we, even though we practice particular ritual, because I mean, there's a fear when darkness falls, isn't there? Yeah. So, so how do how you know that darkness creates fear? So the leader of this nation was saying, how do I get the people to understand we don't need to fear? Well, exercise it through a ritual. And so that ritual helps them journey through the dark. Now, yeah. was the ritual um, necessary or not? And the king says, the crown prince says, it was a way to comfort the people. Yes. So by building the ritual, it was a measure of bringing comfort to the people in that time of uncertainty, that time of 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 darkness mm. um and so obviously when the eclipse passed although it the ritual had no uh, power over it because the eclipse is a natural phenomenon um people would look to the king and say well your leadership here was fantastic because that ritual kept us focused not on the darkness but on the action of what whatever the ritual entailed burning candles or shouting out prayers. I don't know what the ritual would yeah. be. Now, we must, if we're talking this, I think we need to relate this to Isaiah 58, 
uh, where in in terms of the good the the, the Lenten season, that whole question about um, you know rituals can have empty um, uh, meaning if the heart and the mind uh, God challenged the the quality of the heart. It can be seen as an outside thing without a change of the heart, without an action of faith. Mm. If there is one way in which we act uh, in worship to God, so the ch- the challenge was: I don't, I I can't appreciate your your actions in the ritual, but the way you live towards others yeah. uh, is damaging. So yeah, we've got to be very careful about a, a worship being a ritual, and there's no meaning from the heart and the mind in terms of the fact that through the ritual we want to worship God. Mm. Um, you know, and and so it could be things like baptism, for example. Why why do people baptize? Why do people confirm? Is there true spiritual meaning behind it? An act of faith which it should be because the sacraments are seen as a means of grace. Yeah. So how do we respond to the work of grace? Uh, we, we, we respond to the word of work of grace by believing and uh, by commitment and by living what that sacrament teaches us. But, you know, it could end up being very empty because Ah, we just did it because in the family everybody did it. Yeah. Or because my grandmother said I must do it. Well, even if grandmother said you must do it and gave you meaning to it, then grandmother's words are important for you to then understand what you are doing. But often people would just want the, the ritual, my child is baptized, and then I'm no longer part of the community actively. And the same with confirmation, the same with every other thing. You know, People have loved ones buried, and you can see on their faces there is a way in which we better you know, uh, step up to the plate in terms of how we will journey with God in yeah. response to God journeying with us. And and then a couple of months when the when 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 we when we've come through the dark period, we you know just fall back into our always. Is that because our hearts are not the uh, we're not acting from the heart? We're just acting. Uh, you know, we, we live in a bling-bling society, so the outside thing is attractive for a while. Mm. What, what is, the, is the meaning of that ritual captured in the heart? Yeah. I, I, I always equate this to, like, the difference between convenience and quality, where yeah. people will always sacrifice quality for convenience. Like, you look at, like, music, for instance. Like we allowed the tech companies to remove the headphone jacks from higher end phones because the convenience of not being tethered, physically tethered to your phone um, is better for like the people who do things like commute a lot. Like you don't get your headphones tangled on the, the seat or the armrest on the plane so much, you know, which is an annoyance. Um but then like you lose the quality of the actual audio but then it's like yeah but we have more choice now because we have streaming services that have like infinite catalogs or near infinite catalogs but yeah it's it's always that that kind of trade off and it's 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 a cultural thing and it's interesting that you that yeah. you that you tapped into that that journey that the israelites took uh because like we we forget often that 
all of our major cultural movements and like societal arrangements are interlinked like we learn so much from each other through our journeys um be it yeah. a personal journey be it <clears throat> like a physical journey like wandering in the wilderness or something like that it's like 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 uh the the prophet muhammad and the muslims can come for me it's fine um why is islam so closely tied to like proto-christianity because he was out there herding cattle and stuff on his on his in-laws farm um when there were a bunch of like christians just like in the diaspora (laughs) like wandering around and then he spoke to these people and was inspired by this and codified it um like took out the the, the things that he liked um and then rejected the things that he didn't and yeah that became an entire culture on its own but it's derivative of another culture just like christianity is derivative of judaism um and it's all just this tapestry and like Again, you, you bring up the grace thing, and it's like, it, it's, not, it's not an external thing. Like, we are hardwired to need, a, need leadership, you know? Like, there's, there's a reason there aren't many Nelson Mandelas in the world, because it takes a lot of courage to break out of, like, our, our genetic coding, almost. Um, to want to be led, um, to then actually say, okay, fine, I'm going to fill this void. Um, but again, like those people just do what is in their best interest for their community to change the immediate situations. Um, and then it gets like deified as, as this great act of courage. And it's like, yeah, the dude was just kind of doing, you know, what he felt was best at the time. And like again, you you look at Jesus and you look at Prophet Micah, where they look at a situation and they're like, "Yo, we just came from you know like slavery and whatever the Romans are oppressing us and everything." It's like maybe burning up our wealth for like ritualistic sacrifice and like giving everything to the the church leaders um, is not the best way to escape whatever poverty is is like being entrenched within our society and like that's the 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 prophetic message is like you know look after your own thing first like form a different kind of relationship with whatever deity you want to serve um and you know grow hang on to your wealth and grow your wealth and yeah just be liquor with everybody well look you what you was what you're saying that challenges the the idea is there god mm-hmm <laughs> um and 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 the prophet says yes there is a god uh jesus sermon on the mount uh if we if we if we draw a conversation between micah 6 8 mm. and the beatitudes in between the question again here is was the was the crucifixion an empty ritual uh with no meaning to it is there a message in the the crucified christ um 
which is the the, the lesson from one Corinthians one. So, so it, it so 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 if so do is is the presence of God revelatory, mm. or and if we go back to the Exodus experience, um, how the Exodus experience. Um, gave people insight and understanding that there is a God um, and that this God is the creator God. Hence the book of Genesis and mm. the and the stories that are told there. Um, and and put simply, put simply according to the and yet with much profoundness if there's such a word. What what are we required to be doing in terms of our living in relationship? Because life is relational. Yeah. To both that which we see with our with our eyes, but that when we look at let's say a creation, we ask questions beyond what we see. We say, okay, if this is here, who or what is behind it? How did it get here? And so the understanding that creation is a revelation of the presence of God. Therefore, if God created all of these things, how did we get into being? Now that I understand, now that I come to believe and understand as I process the the reality of creation to try and understand, you know, if there is an I, uh, um, what, uh, um, uh, uh, John Suckett called, you know, uh, reflected on God as the mysterious one in his book. Mm. Um, and, and so this, the, simple, the simplest way of living, we living our lives in such complication, to do what is just. Now, when we hear that, does it speak to the heart? When we look at society, look at our own behavior to show constant love so there's to do there's to show and there's to live three things that are quite imperative and um, and 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 that is to live in a humble fellowship with the god you know this was a a well-known reference uh, by francis cull one of the um one of the um voices in the Anglican Church during Desmond Tutu's time and even still today. What therefore in the Sermon of the Mount is Jesus saying? Now I thought about this the last night. Blessed are the poor, for example. Mm. And he reflects on, is it an, an embrace of an attitude that poverty of the soul, poverty is a way in which, you know, I... I I live simply. I I live knowing that I can't attach myself to any wealth, even if I do have wealth. Yeah. Education is a form of wealth, intellectual wealth. But if I sitting with all that wisdom, what, what am I supposed to do with it? Knowing that what I do know, even if I know a lot, is a drop in the bucket in. In the, in the in the in the major scheme of things, mm. um, so so it, or is it uh, is it people already living this way? You know, we 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 are we are we are formed and shaped by parents and community uh, and value systems that that would say, you know, meekness is not weakness. Mm. 
Um, so, so was Jesus saying, this is the type of characteristic, type of person that God is looking for to organize his world into the society intended it to be. So was Jesus looking at human qualities that also uh, were attached to the, to, to, to the divine? Um, I struggled when, when all the others were fine because it could be part of my nature to be, to be meek because I was formed and shaped that way, yeah. part of my personality. But the meekness is not a weakness. Yeah. Um, but then I struggled with, okay, so now you get into a context where people are persecuting you. That's just the nature of the world. How are we meant to deal with persecution? But remember, he, 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 he cops it out. Uh, there, there's a cop out there. Um, persecuted for righteousness sake. Yeah, and then it's correct. also when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. So, like, yeah. again, there's, 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 this, there's this central conflict um, that, that, that I'm always drawn to. Where it's like, oh, obviously the, the gospel is according to Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12, um, Sermon on the Mount sort of vibes. Um, I do, I will link it again in the podcast description. Um, there's the show called The Chosen, but I feel that the, the Sermon on the Mount episode from season 1 is excellent. It is truly excellent if you want a portrayal of that lines up with like my kind of thinking presenting Jesus as like this, this, this radical, like philosopher of the time. Um, it, it, it is truly excellent. And like season three deals with, they, they, um, where they don't obviously go into, cause it's about like the disciples. So they don't go into his time in the wilderness. Um, but like they kind of <laughs> make up a couple of things <laughs> about what the disciples were doing. Uh, but it's, it's, it's excellent to see that I, I always talk about the, the change in attitude or the change in character um, of Jesus when he's traveling back towards Jerusalem. And they do capture that. Um, they present it as like a hastening and not as like the, the, the arrogance or at least the, um, the feeling of himself <laughs> that that I do, uh, but 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 it's I'll, I'll I'll link it in. But like there's there's this idea that so if you have the idea of the Creator God, right? Um, and and Paul does speak to that in one Corinthians one verses eighteen to thirty one, where it's like God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and what seems to be God's weakness is stronger than human strength. So you have a Creator God. Right, you believe this that he created everything. Um, I'm kind of there with you. I'm agnostic, remember. Um, but like, why do we jump to the fact that he wants this creator wants thankfulness from us? Wants needs anything from us? Is it not more important? Like when when Jesus speaks of like this this meekfulness and all these things, like those qualities help us live better with each other, you know? So we're not, like, boastful, and we're not, like, hating on people for, for nothing, and, like, being merciful, and pure in heart, and peacemakers, and all these things. That's more like arranging society. There is nothing, if you believe that God created everything, there is nothing that we, as people, can give 
that will satisfy whatever need. Like there is no need in the Creator God. So then why the obsession of like giving thanks all the time, you know? Uh, I'm I'm not uh, uh, that's that's what that's what 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 we are meant to be as the Eucharist people of God. Um, I think one of the good qualities of of human life is to live in gratitude because we are recipients before we are givers. Um, yeah. That's the transactional. Um, um, way the world is, you know. I don't know about you, but my humanity sometimes has a big argument internally when I offer a space to a driver that I can see is urgent to be in in this lane that I'm in now. Um, yeah. I made I made plans to get into the lane because I know where I want to go and I know what what route I've got to take and what lane I'm going to be given the extent of traffic. Yeah. And that person has no sense of saying, you know, thank you for acknowledging me. Uh, I'll go. So I have to deal with saying, okay, I don't know what the journey has been for that person, mm -hmm. but my response would have been, you know, here's a brother or a sister that's seen my need. I must take. I, you know, it would be to acknowledge us. Yeah. So, so when we, when we, when we, when we, I want to take you back. It's not, it's, 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 I, I, I love that story where God is seeking for Adam in the garden. Mm -hmm. And the text tells us, we, God seeks fellowship with whom and what he has made. But you see, you see, you um, said it there, you said it, the text tells us. So it's like the, it's, it's, it's again, like this, 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 this need for recognition um, that, 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 you spoke of like in your humanity like you you want the act reciprocated like you want this person to like be thankful for what you did like that is something that we've pushed onto god with having no understanding of what this creator is what it thinks what 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 it what it does what it likes we we don't know we have no idea I, I think we do. There's a revelation. There's the revelation of the cross, the crucified Christ, the person of who Jesus is. There's the revelation of creation. And then there's how, the, how it was captured, the story was captured, the journey was captured in the text of Scripture that we look to. So, so the, the, you know, um, I w let, me, let me take you to something that's so very simplistic for me, and yet for me it makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, I used to work with Bob DeMar at, when I was testing my vocation uh, yeah. to the ministry. He was the director of, of Manenberg's church. Um, and he, he, you know, when we, we, when we I don't know, you, you go to various homes and people say the grace. We seem to have a general um, uh, kind of thing, you know, make us truly thankful, make us truly thankful. <laughs> Those are the words. He said, we can't even be thankful on our own. We've got to ask for the grace to be thankful. Now, is there the natural response in my heart planted there through creation to be grateful, to be thankful? And why do I also have an expectation? 
expectation that when I do something, that it would be reciprocated with um, the acknowledgement of thanks for, for that. And if that is a value that creates better relationships on earth, mm-hmm. is that not part of the creator's plan and therefore the very nature of the God in whom I have come to believe? And when Jesus in the incarnation took on our humanity, in my understanding, fallen now to restore that which was broken. Um, can I really truly have all these wonderful qualities that the society needs in order for it to be a better world that we're living in, a better world that we're creating for the generations to come? Um, without recognizing that these values were instilled through creation and restored and renewed through the work of salvation. And in the power of the Spirit, um, you know, it is it is able to grow and, 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 and improve. I mean, um, that, that's, that's how I understand it. The, a word like relation, uh, sorry, like thankfulness, mm. is a relational word. Yeah. But you know, I've come. I've come not to expect it. If it's given, uh, then it's gift for me. But I come no longer to want to expect it. I I'd like to be the one who can give it, uh, but I don't want to be the one that expects it. If it does come, it's gift for me now. Hmm. But it's 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 again like all of what you said is beautiful. It's wonderful, but it's all based on extreme assumption. We do not have any fact of this. Like, there is no concrete evidence that whatever is out there that made everything um, the creator God, we do not have concrete evidence that this creator God has ever communicated with us or communicated a need, communicated desires. We are, we are just using our own humanity our own perspective and projecting that onto something that we have no understanding of. Like you look at everything else in nature. <clears throat> Humans are the only animals that go to, like, <laughs> that flush our poop away through <laughs> a system of pipes. <laughs> you know, we, we are the only animals that walk around and choose to put clothes on our body. You know, like, and, and then we, we, we shape this idea of of advancement of of ingenuity of innovation around how easier we can make things for ourselves and that comes back to my 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 earlier point about the the relationship between quality and convenience um, or at least the trade-offs uh, between quality and convenience and then we 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 ruin the planet um, because we want to drive fast between vast areas, you know, because we want to have like instant communication across an interconnected web of of electronics um, with with somebody else, because that improves our relationship. Um, and and I I don't know I it, it's a it's a strange thing to to then still have this like in the background where it's like we have to be thankful for everything that we have been given. And it's like, 
do you raise your kids that way? Do you raise your kids with the intention that they must be thankful for everything that you've done for them? Or do you raise your kids to be successful human beings who can contribute positively to society? And that is the legacy that you can then look back on and say, you know what, I did well. Instead of having someone tell you all the time. All of that success talk, all of that success talk you just gave now is mere emptiness without a heart of gratitude. Gratitude is a is 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 character building. Success mm-hmm. is not. When we are able to learn how to appreciate because we, we, we start with depreciation of ourselves because of what others tell us. Mm. But when we start in the heart and, 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 and reflect on what we have been given, you know, like I used to be called at school, because sister knows. Mm-hmm. My wife calls me that still. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, my my maternal grandfather had sort of the same shaped nose that I have. Mm-hmm. And because I had this in my one of my wallets, they are empty of, of any um, monetary involvement. But that photo's value outdoes everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I look at, at that and I say, I don't mind being called consistent because my granddad had the same shape nose that I had and my relationship with him, the person that he was, the person that he, that, he, that he revealed whom he was. I still look up till today for that with appreciation that my life was touched by that man. Now I go back, for example, to my own parents and I say, you know, just how Grateful was I being raised with them, being loved by them, Mm. being taught by their example. And it was my dad was a man of very few words. But today I sometimes am, sometimes I feel uh, sad that I was not able to appreciate him more because who he was even the, 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 the choices he made that perhaps was not too good in my eyes, um, did not did not make my life go askew. Um, but when I look back now, I'm I'm filled with so much gratitude yeah. that he was my, that he was my dad. Now, now I think that for me is uh, learning how to embrace what I've been given, and even what I I have been given half of which I probably don't even really know because how much of who I am can I know uh, and, and, and embrace. Um, uh, it's in relationship with other folk. It's in relationship with other folks. So this relationship thing for me is very crucial. Um, and, and so when I reflect on scripture, when I reflect on the person of Jesus, when I reflect on uh, other uh, testimonies, 
um, the lives of other, you know, the lives of the saints, yeah. one could call it them. But not just the saints in the book, they are saints that were amongst us, uh, that we can reference mommies, daddies, grandparents, um, aunties, whoever it was that helped shape who I am. Mm. Um, and so there's a deep sense of appreciation, deep sense of um, gratitude that I'm not always um, ex expressing and living, but I feel it in my being, particularly when my mind revisits the past yeah. and when my mind reflects on it and reflects on the, on the future. I think one of the greatest gifts we are given besides love and probably emanates from love is how to be appreciative, how to live in gratitude. I think when one does that, one lives a life of simplicity. And a life of simplicity would mean that I'm therefore called to share. I'm therefore called to, um, as one who has received, to see if instead of that which I've received becoming moldy because I'm not using it, um, another person can have it. So, and that's for me another way of gratitude. Mm. So I, th I think that I really believe that um, the values that's expressed in the last part, this radical living, yeah. I think, or the radical vision we you, you, you pointed out in the colic, is what Micah captures, mm. is what Matthew captures in the story of the, of the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's the kind of person we want to be, and the role model of that sermon is Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. Um and, and, and therefore, Paul looks now to this cross on which he died. All of his life, this is how it ends in its earthly state. Is there therefore meaning to that death? And I think on that gratitude note, we will sign off for this, the first episode of the year. Uh, thank you. I, am, I, am, I, I truly thank you for, for, for having these conversations. Um, because, like, I know I've I've had similar conversations with like religious people in the past, and yeah, they they would have really lost their cool um, when I went straight like for the heart of, of 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 the belief of the faith, because that that yeah. that is what it is, you know, like that yeah. like the implications of what I said um, in this conversation is it's an existential threat to faith. Christian faith um, and I thank you for for being open-minded enough to, to My explore brother, this your way of putting things your way of, of thinking and so on is truly a benefit to me because it makes me think deeply about why do I believe what I believe why you know um, do I you know, embrace the Christian faith, the person of Jesus. Mm. Why, why am I still in the church? Why do I still feel enthusiastic, if not terrified as well, about doing pastoral work, about preaching, about celebrating the Eucharist? Yeah. This conversation helps me to reflect deeply on that so that I don't take for granted what I believe, but also I can grow in all of, of that as well. So mm. I appreciate you, my brother. I appreciate you too, as always. Um, I appreciate all the listeners as well. 
um you can come shout at me on social media if you still use social media i don't know the world is weird right now elon musk like broke twitter um it's broken in various ways <laughs> for me but i'm still there i'm addicted whatever um, as always the choice passages and prayers to the collect is in the podcast description i'll also link all those chosen episodes that i spoke about um this is not we are not funded by the chosen by the way <laughs> absolutely and thank you very much for listening and please spread the gospel of the podcast <laughs> oh my words for sure i got nothing new how could i express on my gratitude i could sing these songs as i often do but every song must end and you never do so i throw up my hands and praise you again and again cuz all that i have is a hallelujah
again and again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah Hallelujah And I know it's not much But I've nothing else 